On this week's episode of Poke and Kush, the lottery has come and gone. Stan Van Gundy's career in New Orleans is also gone. Zion Williamson's family members are pissed off. But we've got overrated, we've got underrated, we've got summer camps, and we've got gin. What more could you want? Right here. Stick around. Poke and Kush. Come everyone to Poke and Cush! It's June 23rd, 2021, and I hope your lottery fates were better than the Pelicans. Do you lose a lottery? I know you don't win the lottery, but you don't ever lose a lottery, really. I think you always lose a lottery. <laughs> I think that's the nature of the lottery. It's 100 million losers and one guy wins. I mean, have you ever seen a winner holding up the entire line at a gas station, <laughs> scratching off? We go, hey, is that the Monopoly guy up there scratching off 20 scratchers? Picking your own numbers. That's the best. I was like, like that makes a difference. Congratulations on picking your own numbers. My mom always picked numbers. She'd pick like my me and my sister's birthdays. It's like <laughs> the odds of winning the lottery, billion to one. Yeah. The odds of winning the lottery and it's your children's birthday. <laughs> that has to be trillion it's like getting struck by lightning three different times on the same walk (laughs) i got struck by lightning on the time of my birth (laughs) and the time of my death who knew real coincidence (laughs) (laughs) it's an alanis morissette song i've ever heard one um the pelicans remain at 10 yeah um there's nothing to talk about there not really we don't have to do any research that's nice thank god the draft is like the 10th pick you don't care I mean, we don't care, but you don't care. Honestly, I, you no. might pretend to care because you got nothing else to think about because you know, it's kind of a slow time. To sp- but you don't care, so we're not gonna pretending to care you. about the NBA draft now. Yeah, it's real. You have to be pick one through four. Yeah, and that's to kind of care. Yeah, Cade Cunningham is gonna be the number one pick. Detroit got the number one pick. Sure, people know his name. Yeah, I think that's. It. <laughs> They might have watched an Oklahoma State game if they were gambling on it. Yeah. I did. In the Big 12 <laughs> tournament, I gambled on it a couple How'd times. How'd he look? Pretty uh, good against 18-year-olds <laughs> that wake up at 7 a.m. to go to biology? How'd he look against James Harden? <laughs> yeah. I, evaluating the draft is so ridiculous. Uh, for people, there, there's like very good people at evaluating the draft who know what they're talking about. And it's always like... Uh, Kind of like listening to a wizard when those people get going. They know everything about every player, and they're like, got all these strong opinions. I'm like, how do you guys know any of this? They all look the exact same. It's like, yeah, that guy, like the player of the year in college is like, oh, he's not going to get drafted. It's like, but some guy who sucks, but is like, has great physical attributes like oh that guy's gonna be the number four pick it's like how the hell can you tell the difference like this guy was awesome and this guy sucks but you're telling me this guy's way better than that guy like yeah that's the nba well yeah that uh, there was that guy from iowa yeah the white guy from iowa yeah. 
four-year senior, always a star in the tournament, fantastic. And yeah. it's like, yeah, we're going to get Jackson Hayes instead. <laughs> it's like you know, Luca Garza, right? It's like he's all day retired his number before he finished playing at Iowa. He's But he's got big tits. And he can't move very much. And they're like, well, he sucks, obviously. It doesn't matter that he scores a million points a game. It's like, but Keon Johnson, who went to Tennessee, who sucked, and his team sucked. It's like, yeah, that guy will be the sixth pick in the draft. It's like, what are you talking about? It's like, because it has nothing to do with how you actually played basketball in college. It's like, how high can you jump? How fast can you move? How agile are you? Like, all these sort of things that really have nothing, no bearing on actual basketball, but they understand what translates at the next level far better than, like, Luca Garza just plowing his way through a bunch of guys in Nebraska. But do they understand? Because Maybe. we're starting to... Who is the MVP this season? A guy with tits. That's true. Fucking <laughs> Jokic can't jump three inches off the ground. He couldn't jump over a stack of Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the best fucking player in the league. Luca, Luca's dog. He's got a dog shit body too. He can't. Is he Russell Westbrook out there? No, no. he has the body of a bowler. He might have the body of a bowler that's you know six nine. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think the athleticism trend might be uh, uh, on a downward spiral in the NBA, and maybe, maybe. it should be. Yeah, uh, Ke Kevin Durant. Uh, like, whatever you say, not athletic guy in the NBA. We know what that means. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, his skin is light. <laughs> That's what he can't do well. <laughs> what he can't do well is he's white. <laughs> like <laughs> Kevin Herter making all those shots in the playoff. You're like, oh my god, where did this guy come from? It's like, yeah. If he was not like a redheaded white guy, everyone would be like, oh, yeah, he's good. He just doesn't play that much. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, people are like, always what? like, people are like, would, if you saw Joe Ingles at the Y, would yeah. you put him on your t He's 6'10". Yeah. <laughs> he's fucking 6'10". Yeah, the guy who makes every shot in pregame warmups. Yeah, I'd probably pick him to be on my team. Uh, no, nah, man. It is. There's like this whole skill set that they're looking for. The bottom line in all of this is to say the Pelicans are picking 10th. Uh, we don't really have to research much of it. I don't plan to research much of it. The odds are the Pelicans will probably trade the pick anyway. I don't know who really wants the 10th pick. Uh, but the NBA is weird, man. Like, the 10th pick in the NFL is a big deal. Like, you can get a really good player, someone who's probably pretty recognizable. 10th player in the NBA is, a, at that point, you're probably digging for someone you hope can be like a rotational piece. That's at 10, you know? Once you get into 20, it's like a total, you know, luck and everything past that is just, you know, this guy will go to the G League and hope he ends up being good. And maybe he will be good, but, like, no one has any idea. Uh, but so, basically, we're just happy the Pelicans didn't get the fourth pick and we have to do a bunch of work. Oh, my God. That would have been the worst. Yeah. yeah uh, the shot you know, is hard. The last time 10th pick at the NBA mattered, and even back then, they didn't, you know, the 03 draft is a big one that people point to. Sure. 86, shit like that. Those are once-in-a-decade drafts. That's not going to happen this year. I mean, it could like they could like you could see a really good player fall to that. But the idea that any of us will care on draft night is not if like a really good player falls to that. There's been a scandal, <laughs> but it's like it, it's one of those. It's like, yes, might it end up being a great player who's at 10? Definitely. Like, that's certainly possible. But we certainly won't give a shit on draft night. Like Kyra Lewis could end up being an all star point guard. I don't think that's going to happen, but like he could, but it still didn't mean we cared on draft night. No. Like that guy had to grow into that. Like there's about four to five guys that you care about on draft night. And outside of that, it doesn't really matter. So I am very curious to see 
what they can even get for the pick if they wanted to give it up. I suppose it'd be part of some kind of package. Uh, but you know what they they swapped number four two years ago for seven and seventeen, eight and seventeen, whatever that was for Jackson A's and Nikhil Alexander Walker. So that I mean that's not that much value, and that was for four, right? So what are you getting for ten? Not much. Not yeah. much. <laughs> no. Either way, uh, if you listen to this podcast, you this is where you get your news from. You won't know who it is, whoever they drafted. <laughs> I thought you listened to a Pelicans podcast. Yeah. Why don't you know who they drafted? <laughs> well, the guys were busy this week. <laughs> they were too. They were. I know so much about the sewage and water boards and competence. <laughs> And some lady who found a finger in her French fries or something. I know that Jansen's selling all these houses, but I know very little about the actual topics that the podcast is to revel in. Well, listen, you can say that about us, but we were on your ass last week. Uh, We made the podcast about Stan Van Gundy. The Wink Wink podcast. We all knew, but well, not we all. Polk and I knew it was coming. Uh, and we made the podcast about Stan, and sure enough, Stan Van Gundy <laughs> fired uh, about 12 hours after we posted the podcast. So uh, not terribly surprising to us. We went through all the reasonings. We're not going to rehash that. Uh, but I did think the whole situation was interesting, the way that went down and the way that it was kind of commented on of Griff Griff went on the record of being like, Stan's an amazing person. He's going to left us in such better position than we got here and all this stuff. It's like, well, you just fired him. So I don't really understand what the hell's going on. Yeah, that's like some real kind of shady businessman stuff going on. Right. I don't like it. It was weird. It was such a weird. He talked for 20 minutes. I would rather him throw him under the bus. Yeah. And go, all right. Well, at least he's on the same page as yeah. the fans. He'd be like, we should. All he literally had to say is, like, Stan's a good coach. He wasn't right for us. We should have been a lot better than we were last year. That was pretty – That I mean, that would have, like, summed it up. Instead, it was, like, talking in circles about what an amazing human being Stan is while simultaneously we're all in the same ethos of crafting a family with a single direction and dimension pushing toward a common – I was like, dude, this is, like, you're over – you're overcomplicating this. You fired the fucking coach because you didn't think he was doing a good job. Period, right? Like, he had four years, three years left in his deal, and you fired him. You didn't think he was doing well. The end. Is this simply a product of him not wanting to get reamed online for being mean? Is this uh, a product of Stan saying the correct things publicly about issues other than basketball and David not wanting to appear hateful towards anything like that or decrying his intelligence or beliefs to any degree. Is this simply a factor of everybody's going to be treated with kid gloves from now on for the rest of our lives and the truth will only be whispered in group messages? Uh, Yeah, I think I was probably, I think everything you said there was actually accurate. You know, Uh, I do think there's part of this that I have been told by people that Stan gave back some money. So he was owed, you know, the final three years of his contract. I think he kind of came to a buyout agreement in the agreement. It was basically a tacit agreement that says you're not going to talk shit about us. We're not going to talk shit about you. Let's just move about our ways and we'll figure this out. And uh, and we won't we this won't come up where we're airing dirty laundry about each other. 
And so you notice Stan said nothing. Stan, who is very open to talking to media, has said nothing publicly about it. Uh, Griff really went out of his way to make Stan sound like he was some kind of victim in this whole process. While at the same time, Griff is the one who fired him. It was a very strange uh, press conference that occurred there. I I couldn't quite wrap my head around it. But either way, the Pelicans will be looking for the third coach in three years. Uh, They gave Alvin Gentry an extension two years ago, then quickly fired him less than a year. They gave uh, Stan Van Gundy a whole four-year contract. He was fired in less than a year, and now they're going to hire somebody else. So Gail Benson has eaten at least $10 million, probably significantly more. Uh, Kind of amazing for this franchise, especially when they're not selling tickets right now, all this sort of stuff. It, It does speak at least a little bit to the commitment of ownership, right? Yeah, I think I think it speaks to the level of uh, confidence in the team or at least uh, dedication to Tom Benson's idea for what the team could eventually be. Yeah. How long is that going to last? How long until the money runs out? I don't know. But three coaches in three years gets people talking and it gets players talking and it gets players, family members talking yeah and and what's even stranger is not just that it's three coaches in three years coaches get fired in one year in the nba that does happen like the coach in indiana got fired within a year coach in cleveland got fired within like it does happen what doesn't happen very often if not ever is making two coaching contract decisions the extension of alvin gentry which was very uh unnecessary like griff i think never thought that alvin was going to be the long-term coach here gave an extension, which made Zion and his people, I'm sure, certainly feel like they had a a coach at least for some period of time. Then they fired him. Then they bring in Van Gundy with the express intent to teach Zion. That was the whole thing was Zion wants to be coached. We're going to give him a hard-nosed coach. And then they fire him. And now you've got a situation where, like, you can't fire the next guy. Like, this is it. Like, you either hire the right guy or Zion is gone. Uh, he's not going to sit there and and lose with the next coach and be fine with it. So you got to hire the right guy. You got to make this work. And it's not that dire like Atlanta fired a coach in the middle of the season and they're in the freaking Eastern Conference Finals. So it, it's not as if it can't work. Uh, but there's a lot of pressure on this hire. Yeah, and you're also saying uh, hire the right guy. Oh, that's true. Could be. Yeah, it's true. Hire the right gal. That Apparently, uh, Zion has a very good relationship with Teresa Weatherspoon, uh, who I guess is a candidate, although Griff sort of uh, poo-pooed on her uh, candidacy, basically claiming she wasn't ready uh, for the job, which was interesting move, I guess, trying to throw people off of that, like, becoming the expectation. That's the worst thing that could happen to him is, like, people start thinking that she's going to get the job, right. and then he looks like, you know, a clan member when he decides to go hire some white guy, you know? Well, yeah, he's got to do, do the Sean Payton strategy right now. If I don't know, and that's not happening, no matter what it is. Yeah, exactly. It's like, whatever you think is wrong, even if it's right, you're you're wrong. You, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. That's always the... Uh, the Sean Payton MO. I don't think she will be. I think it would be good for the team if she was given a chance to be or moved up in the yeah, ranks somehow. Or, yeah, Probably yeah. not going to be. Uh, who are the candidates for it? Who are in the rumor mill? Who's actually a viable candidate? So Charles Lee from Milwaukee. 
uh, is probably the front runner right now, Jacques Vaughn, who used to be a coach of the Magic. They were not particularly good with him. Uh, and he was an assistant for the Spurs. Ime Udoka, assistant for the Spurs. It's basically a lot of guys who are on the younger side, under 50, under 45, whatever, uh, crew, guys who've played for the most part, at least at some level, whether it be Europe or in uh, the NBA, and have kind of a rich background, smart guys, guys who good intelligence as far as like around the league, people have good things to mm-hmm. say about them. Uh, Will Weaver out of Houston, who was a head coach of Didi Luzada's team in uh, Australia. These are all viable candidates, and all of them honestly probably would have made sense last year, and I think Griff outsmarted himself and went and hired somebody because he felt like he needed a lot of head coaching experience for these guys, and he completely he whiffed. He totally botched it, and he's got to realize this time around that that was completely unnecessary, outthought the room, and now he's got to go get it right. And even if that means you hire someone that doesn't have enough experience, if it's someone you can trust and it's someone you think your players are going to connect with, then it's worth it. Well, uh, you say Griff has to get it right. How involved are the players, specifically Zion and Brandon Ingram, going to be in helping Griff get it right? Wouldn't you like? Do those guys care at all? Well, do you think they just show up to the press conference like, all right? Like they don't, I mean, do they really give a shit who the coach is? They didn't. Zion didn't know Stan's last name. <laughs> you know, when in seventy-two when, games, Coach Gundy, we have spoken from the <laughs> perspective before of does the coach really matter? Yeah, I think that's an issue that flows with the wind. Yeah, if the team is doing well. Yeah, the coaching matters. If the team is not doing well, yeah, the coaching matters. Just yeah. the other way, I. I cannot see Zion. We don't know who the real Zion is. That's true. We see the Zion that has been trained from age 10. You are going to be a super athlete. Mm -hmm. Here is how you address the media. You are a vanilla wafer. You have no flavor. You have no spice. You are going to answer this and get the fuck out of there. Other than a few times. Yeah. New York and, uh, you know, the the exit interviews mm-hmm. were the only two times we saw Zion really be a human being. Yeah. I don't have enough information on this man. No. To know if he's going to go in there and say, get me Becky fucking Hammond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it just seems hard to believe that he's going to. I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to say, get me a guy that can shoot the basketball. Yeah. And then have some dipshit <laughs> over there. Drawn on a notepad that we'll all ignore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Zion for sure has the cleaned up image. He's got the big the thousand watt smile, all those sorts of things. Whether or not he cares who the coach is, at least enough to have an opinion on it before the guy gets here, just seems kind of hard to believe. But I do think the Pelicans will make the decision with him first in their mindset. You can't go hire another 60-plus guy who doesn't give a crap what anybody thinks right. about him, and his only job is to basically MF them into playing defense. And it's like, that doesn't really, that's not going to work with them. There are teams that it could work for. I think Chris Paul basically got to Phoenix and MF them into being the Western Conference Finals. Like, that was a team that didn't really have a direction until the very end of last season. He found another gear. I mean, DeAndre Ayton is like, Chris Paul's got his foot up my ass the entire season. Like, all he does is just push me harder and harder and harder. And it's like, and it makes you better. The Pelicans probably on some level need a guy who can do that. 
but it's probably not going to come from the head coach. They need a head coach they're going to listen to first and foremost. They might play harder. Uh, coaching is just like, it's so easy to blame a coach. It's the easiest thing in the world to fire a coach. It's the easiest thing in the world to hire a coach. Like, though it's not that competitive. It's not that, like, you don't have to give up anything when you do it. Like, it is, uh, it's the, the easy person to sit in the stands and say, the coach is an idiot because we're losing rather than looking at the collection of players and seeing where the shortfalls really exist. So I do think that it's overrated. But at the same time, this is a hire that he just can't screw up. Well, there's such a gargantuan difference between good and bad coaches in the NBA. Mm -hmm. The Sixers just got bounced, and no one is saying shit about Doc Rivers because he's a good coach, he's a proven coach. They're talking about the players, talking about Ben Simmons, Simmons, they're talking about Mr. Glass, Joel Embiid. No one is talking about Doc Rivers in that scenario. As some are, but it's not nearly as pronounced as it probably should. If a football coach had the record in the playoffs that he does— they would be completely fried. Maybe a better example of that is San Antonio. Yeah. San Antonio has been dog shit off and on for a few years. Yeah. You don't hear Pop's name on the chopping block. No. And you don't, I mean, really, I think it's just San Antonio is such a small market team when they're not the greatest team in the league. Yeah. That no one gives a shit. So no one's, no one's putting anyone's head on the block because they're not paying any attention to him. No, that's true, too. But there's just a gargantuan difference between a good coach and a bad coach in the NBA. Yeah. The, it would be nice if the Pelicans had a coach that was not in the bottom third of the league. They haven't had that in quite some time. Uh, I really liked Alvin, but I never thought that he was anything better than a mid-pack coach. Uh, Stan was a very low-level coach, uh, all things considered, mostly because his players tuned him out very obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not saying his, his strategy also wasn't great, but his players tuned him out. They need someone who is going to at least make them more competitive and at least make them competent on a night-to-night basis because this thing can get away quickly. Uh, as we sort of alluded to there, the Athletic reported Zion's family members have come out basically saying, hey, this sucks. We can't believe he's losing like this. We don't like this. Uh, this organization is uh, problematic, and they're trying to figure out how to get him out of there already. Problematic. Ooh, that's a new word. <laughs> it doesn't toxic. Ma- it doesn't really matter that Zion's family members think this right now, because they're his family members. I'm sure every single player goes to this to some level. We should be viewing every NBA star's family members as LeVar Ball. Because they are all, uh, yeah. all they're all him. Yeah, without a microphone. <laughs> yeah, that's of fair. Course, they're not going to go, yeah, our superstar, one in a million, godlike athlete yeah. relative should be on this team that's losing by 72 to the Pacers. <laughs> no one's going to do that. Of course, they're going to be upset yeah. that he's not winning immediately. Yeah. And I talked to enough people around, and Zion's upset about it, too, that they're losing, which, sure, good, like, good. I saw people acting like you were stupid for saying that Zion should be upset at losing and being on a bad team. Yeah. Which seems like what he should be doing. Yeah. Would you rather him be complacent? I know. That's what the response, because I 
they know, were wrote calling a you stupid and ugly. Like, yeah, and <laughs> well, yeah, I was like, guys, I know, but okay. Uh, they said your feet stink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nice bald spot, loser. Uh, Zion needs to land his helicopter somewhere. He's got a place for it. Uh, but the the overarching response from so many people was like, yeah, you know, it sucks that he were that they're losing though. It's like. Yeah, it doesn't suck that Zion is pissed they're losing. Like, be pissed at the losing. Don't be pissed that Zion is upset about losing. That's good that he doesn't like losing. I don't think Brandon Ingram gives a shit if they're losing. (laughs) That seems to be a bigger problem. I don't think Anthony Davis really cared they were losing until it got to a point where LeBron was like, hey, man, like, this is bullshit. You're wasting your entire career at this place. And then he kind of realized it and snapped out of it. Like, it is a good thing that Zion wants to hold these people accountable as soon as humanly possible. He is good enough to win right now. There is no question in anybody's mind that he could be the best player on a playoff team. It is ridiculous they had a losing record with him playing this season. Uh, it's not injuries. It's not anything else. They should have been better. They weren't better. Now they've at least got a new coach. They've answered for that side of things. What's going to come next? Because if they screw up the offseason and they suck again, this is going to be a uh, absolute Nagasaki-like disaster uh, in NBA terms. Do you think Zion uh, directly had a hand in getting Stan out of there? Like, do you think he went to Griff and was like, "You got to fire this old guy who keeps yelling at me"? Or, well, I mean, the most recent rumors are Brandon Ingram was not jiving with Stan. He's not jiving yeah. with the team, so he wants to go to Miami, and Miami wants him. Mm-hmm. That's a fluffy rumor. You sure, know, that that's something that can just start on Twitter. Is there any basis to these players going to Griff and saying, "Hey, get this dude out of here"? I don't think they went to him. I think it became pretty obvious. Yeah. If you spent and and Griff. For his part, is around the team like he's not a GM who just sits in his office all day. Like he goes to basically every single road game. He's on the trips. He sees that relationship and the way. And he's a people guy. You know, he's very into the energy of the you know, whatever. And the, the energy, vibe. the energy sucks. Like the energy was, you know, your old work, <laughs> you know, workplace. <laughs> like it's a bunch of losers standing around doing loser things that make you worse. And so this was. Uh, a time to change it. And I think he recognized that. And Hey, Gail Benson was like, Oh, you want to spend, you know, $10 million of my money to make a problem, a mistake that you made eight months ago, go away. It's like, all right. Isn't that wild? That's wild. That's a world you can't imagine. No. Where you just light that money on fire. If you screwed up that bad at work and were like, Oh my God, I made a $10 million mistake. I need you to uh, let me fix it. It's only going to cost you $10 million. Your employer would go like, great. So we're going to bury you in this plot. <laughs> and then we'll slowly start murdering everybody else until we get our $10 million back. I, I got a speeding camera ticket the other day. And I was like, this is it. I've got to end it all. <laughs> Not going to recover from this. We're going into debtor's prison for this one. Um Anyway, uh, the Pelicans are in an interesting position. Uh, draft lottery didn't make any difference, but big shifts with coaching, big shifts with personnel coming up. We will obviously stay tuned on top of everything regarding the Pelicans, but we will take a quick break. We got a little bit of Saints, a lot of Pulp news, overrated, so much more. Stick around right back. Pulp and Oh, oh, 
Ale on Oak Street, beautiful, spacious patio, over 30 beers on tap, a delicious and full menu right now with a beautiful, spacious patio with, you know what they've got? What's that? They've got TVs. Oh, they got the best TVs, and they've got bartenders who know what to put them on. If you want to go watch the NBA draft there, I bet it's on. You want to go watch College World Series, I bet it's on. You want to go watch the NBA playoffs, guaranteed. It's on before you walk in the door. They are not showing Ace Ventura on the TVs. <laughs> they are not showing anything that you don't care about. They are showing sports, which, as we've said time and time again on this podcast, are surprisingly hard to find on a TV at a great bar in New Orleans. Alon Oak, they've taken that away. They've taken the worry away. You can go there and you can find the game. You can find the draft. You can find the coverage. And you can have some great beers in the sun while you're doing it. Yeah. It's a nice indoor-outdoor space. So if you go in the evening when it's getting cooler, it's a lovely place to hang out. If it's a little hot during the day, you can step right in. Ale uh, is a fantastic place to go. They've got good food. They've got lovely people. They've got great bartenders. They've got TVs. They've got air conditioning. I honestly can't understand why you're not or why we're not at Ale on Oak right at this moment. Let's go. Let's go. Ale on Oak, that is right about a block off of the streetcar tracks on Oak Street right off Carrollton. Uh, You are going to want to go there. You're going to want to tell them you listen to this very fine program. That's right. Polk and Kush, Ale on Oak, winning combination. That's a sponsor. That's a sponsor. Uh, so that'll take us into the very, very small traces of Saints news we have this week. Uh, are the most compelling news story of the week, Sean Baton got married. Wow. In Mexico. Yeah. Uh, so. And he was dressed like R. Kelly when he got <laughs> married. He was wearing the all white suit. I saw a tweet that said he was dressed like a Vicodin pill. <laughs> I laughed very hard at that. Uh, he, yeah, the all-white suit, bold. Uh, he had a mariachi band. Sure. Yeah, that's Sean. But my favorite part of all of it, though, is realizing that as the Pelicans were firing their coach, that all of these guys who run the team that were all at the wedding they were all in Mexico. Yeah, they were all at Senior Frogs getting the mariachi bl- band to play My Give a Damn's Busted or whatever. They were like, Gail Benson spending $10 million so Stan Van Gundy can go run a you know, civil rights program in Orlando. And, uh, and meanwhile, she's just like in Cabo, just chilling in a five-star hotel. Like, oh, sure, whatever. The, the guy who runs PR is out there just hitting golf balls. It's like they just the the complete like if the Saints fired a coach, it would be like all hands on deck. This is a crisis. We've got every like the Pelicans like eh, whatever. They'll figure it out. The Pelicans <laughs> fired Stan. Somebody was under the limbo bar when they fired Stan. <laughs> that should have been like uh, that should have been like when they killed Big Pussy in The Sopranos. <laughs> they should have invited Stan to the wedding. <laughs> Taking him out on a boat, and then being like, Stan, defense yeah. in 2021? Come on. Why don't you go look off the back of the boat at that Marlin we got back there, <laughs> and then you just kick him off. 
That's how you should fire NBA coaches. Wouldn't that be good? Leave them in the middle of the sea. <laughs> See, you're going to drown or get eaten. I don't know which one's better. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Sean Payton got married. Uh, everybody from the team was there. It looked like quite a time. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Alvin Kamara was offered some sort of engagement job with NASCAR. Ooh. He's apparently a big NASCAR fan now. Well, he uh, he went to a game during the whole Bubba... Uh, the Bubba Wallace Bubba thing? Bubba Wallace thing. Okay. Yeah, he went to a game then. A race. and Yeah, he enjoyed it. <laughs> I call it a car game. A car game. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 it's like bumper cars. <laughs> uh, um, he had a good time. Sure. He, uh, but he seemed to really enjoy it. He's like been to multiple NASCAR races. I feel like he waved the flag at one of them. If he drives in New Orleans, he's qualified <laughs> to play the NASCAR game. So he's way into NASCAR now. He's like on the pits. And anyway, I guess they offered him like a job and some sort of, uh, you know, uh, outreach or, you know, promotional something or other. And so he has like an office with a name. Oh, wow. And all that stuff. I'm sure he loves that yeah. going to the office. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'll be there a lot. And anyway, he posted something to it with uh, Sean Payton and Sean Payton was like, hey, just leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I just got married. Leave me alone. So I don't think Alvin Kamara is going anywhere with his NASCAR job, but it is cool that he like it's. I think it's cool that that guy just like, is his own man. Like, it doesn't seem like he really cares about it, what anybody else does ever. Alvin's the coolest dude in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. He's he's like a Kawhi figure of the NFL. He doesn't yeah. give a shit. His, like, official shirt is Fruit of the Loom. <laughs> there was an Alvin Kamara Fruit of the Loom collaboration. Mm -hmm. That's great. He started a it. smoothie bar. It's got to be... I think... New Orleans drivers could be in in NASCAR. They would they would black out the windows and take their license plate <laughs> off, and then they would get to first place no matter what. Dude, when I watch some of those guys doing those ATVs going on interstate ramps and I mean circling, uh, you know, around Elysian Fields, around your house. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's wild. I mean the guys on bikes doing uh, ATVs just doing the 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 two wheels. And going like blocks. Oh, yeah. Just on two wheels. I'm like, the level of skill and balance of driving that that requires seems very difficult. And the and the risk is extremely high. They should take it to a professional level. They yeah. have these amazing skills. Put them on the track or yeah. something. And now there's no music videos anymore, so nobody really understands. Like, back in the day, like, the Get Your Roll On video just yeah. had guys doing all sorts of cool stuff with their cars. And now that has kind of disappeared to the ether. Yeah, why do you think people go to Manchu? Manchu sucks. Yeah. People go to Manchu because it was in music videos. Manchu does suck. Those chicken wings are garbage. Blasphemous. I haven't eaten Manchu in a decade. But it is, it's, it's got a very recognizable building. Is that, Melba still there? I think Melba's gone. Melba's, no, Melba's is an industrial complex okay. at this point. They have a <laughs> giant parking lot, a laundromat, daiquiri. They're open 24. Melba's is an institution. Melba's is great. Melba's is its own, uh, the the territory of Melba's. It's like Vatican City. <laughs> yeah. If you're at, it's next to the auto zone. The auto zone's the bad neighborhood of Melba's. <laughs> Melba's is the good neighborhood of that area. Is this single-handedly propping up the uh, employment of the of the seventh ward? Or Melba's has a like a gas station sign for crawfish prices, which I enjoy. <laughs> like they could change at any moment. It's all digital, and it's always up. Always dollar seventy-eight for live ones. I saw the other day. I can't live the live crawfish prices are such a tease, man. 
Because you're always like, oh, that really is pretty cheap. And you're like, oh, but I have to boil it. That's a pain in the ass. I'm never like any of that. It's you don't. You're not a crawfish guy. I have a shellfish allergy. Oh, that's no fun. Yeah. Is that how often does that come up? Whenever I eat shellfish, it causes me to die. <laughs> that's how often it comes up. Is that like any time you're at a re- like if somebody next to you orders it? No, it they can order to- it as long as they're not splashing it in my face. Okay. But I, could you go to a crawfish boil? I went to, or I've been to even? a crawfish boil. I went to a crawfish boil recently. Okay. Turns out kind of hang in the back. The more I drink, the more immune I become <laughs> to it. So it's a pretty good get. That's a crappy allergy. You're, I know a couple people with that allergy. It yeah. seems pretty lame. It happens uh, later in life sometimes. Yeah, it'd be cooler if you lived in like Chicago and it probably wouldn't matter. Yeah, that'd be okay. You probably wouldn't know. <laughs> I'd probably have a hot dog allergy if I lived in Chicago <laughs> just because of... God smiting me. Uh, 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 is there any other Saints? I mean, there was a nice no. feature on uh, on Zach Bond who stinks. Uh, and they're like, oh, maybe he won't stink next year, but he'll probably stink next year. Well, that's what all the stories are right now. Yeah. You know, we kind of talked about the punters last week. It's like that. This, these are the Saints stories. They have to put something up. Yeah, sure. The, then uh, what training camp opens in about a month in July. You tell me. Yeah. And then preseason games. Polk and Kush watch party for the preseason games. Yes, sir. We're excited about that. We'll be right out there. It'll be like Bobby Bear and Christian. And then we'll have like a, a, a table right next to them, like a kid's table. Yeah. Doing the show right next to them. We're going to have like the little plastic Fisher Price table <laughs> that you give the kids at Thanksgiving. <laughs> With our little uh, toy microphones, inflatable microphones. We're yeah. going to be at Ale on Oak. And we're going to go, hey, you guys sponsor our show. And they're going to go, yeah, but Bobby's here. Yeah. It's like, come on. Come on. Get out of here. Make room for Bobby. Exactly. He's going to he's gonna pay for all the beers. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that'll take us into uh, poke news. Yep. What, um, what we got this week? Well, we mentioned uh, Pelicans coaching earlier. Uh, New Orleans magnate, uh, ramen god, <laughs> chip magnate, Master P, said he wants to be the new coach of the Pelicans. He's pretty cool, man. Percy Miller? He play Okay, you want to talk about everything we've talked about with the Pelicans' need for coaches? One, former player. Two, young-ish. Three, relates to the team. Four, they can look up to him. Five, I bet he's going to talk some shit. In that locker room. Yeah. All in, Master P, next coach of the Pels. Can drive a tank. What a if good... If <laughs> What? If you're really bad. You want to talk about won't bow down? I have a tank. Yeah. I, I, if we were tanking, I literally can drive a tank into the building. I do have some bad news. In the last couple of years, uh, they did turn the no-limit tank into an Airbnb. So... <laughs> It's at the World War II Museum. <laughs> uh, Master P, I mean, that's great that he got his name out there today. Good. He's just like, yeah, I want to coach the Pelicans. Like, all right, TMZ, we'll write it up. Mas- this will get clicks. Master P has a very good Instagram. He's an entrepreneur. He's doing a lot of shit. He has wrap snacks. He's got the ramen noodles. Mm-hmm. I think they're called wrap noodles. I saw them at Rouse's. And yeah. the cup of noodle was like two cents, and then wrap noodle was a dollar fifty. I was like, "Well, I'll take it." Yeah, it seems cooler. I'll support America. Is masterpiece to live here? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> he was in Baton Rouge for a while. I don't know. Uh, anyway, 
I, let's get him here. Basketball. He's he's going to be the new coach. He was on the Raptors for a minute in the preseason. He was on the Hornets for a minute in the preseason. Yeah. So he's got like some legit skills. His kid played for USC. Yeah, I think he can. Uh, I think he has a real shot at it. Him and Teaspoon. Why not? Why not? Sell some tickets, baby. That would be. It should be. You remember the movie Eddie, where Whoopi Goldberg yeah. became the coach of the Knicks? Yeah. Let's just turn it into a spectacle. Yeah. Everything's a spectacle or semi pro. Yeah. It's like where uh, what's it called? Will Ferrell singing the national anthem before the game? Of course. <laughs> like... Let's do that. Why not? Well, I'm I'm in. I've been watching the NBA Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. You know what I noticed? I noticed a couple weeks ago, LeBron James violated the NBA COVID protocol. He went and hung out with a bunch of people at a party. Oh, that's right. He had a tequila fiesta. Yeah, it was like Drake was there and, I, th- you know, a bunch of people. And no one cared. No one, ca- no one cared. Yeah. No one cared. They were like, this is a grown man. He's capable of making his own choices sure. in a free country. He's publicly insinuated that he would not be getting the vaccination. Mm-hmm. And we said, sure, man. Go yeah. do whatever you want to. And uh, there's this uh, basketball player. I think he used to be in New Orleans. His name's Chris Paul. Yeah. And uh, the NBA has not always been great to him. There was a trade that got vetoed. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Oh, yeah. Very recently, he was put on COVID protocol, the last player to be put on COVID protocol, keeping him out of the Western Conference Finals. At least the first two games. Against the Clippers. That's some shit, man. I I feel bad for Chris Paul. I mean, did he have COVID? They did not reveal if he did. Okay. Which I think is shitty because they've revealed a lot of other players that did. Yeah. Um, if he was simply exposed, then it is the exact same thing as LeBron. Yeah. Because also being exposed is not quantifiable. Everybody could be exposed at any single moment. Yeah. So the bad luck streak of Chris Paul continues. It's starting to seem more and more like a conspiracy and just generally it's shitty. And I think it's bad for the NBA. Yeah. I hope that doesn't affect them. They did win game one. I think game two is actually going on as we speak. So you all, eight. Yeah. You all will know uh, what's going on uh, in game two. But yeah, that's that just sucks, man. I, I mean, I feel bad for now. To be fair, if he had gotten vaccinated, which he could have. I'm assuming none of this would have come up. Probably not. So own that a little bit. Uh, you know, Mr. I guess so. Cliff but, Paul. But. Cliff Paul got vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff Burton, get vaccinated. Anything else? Uh, I was just going to try and have a conversation with you about <laughs> basketball, the Suns. Did you watch the two game sevens? Yeah, I did. I watched them at crowded bars. How was that? We were all vaccinated. Did people care? People gave a shit. They really did. Yeah, that's cool. Game seven just puts an energy in people, whether they have a dog in the fight or not. That's true. It's got that football aspect to it of winner go home. I mean, as as a friend of the show, Jamie Arrington tweeted, there's a Pelicans player from the 2017-2018 team on all four conference finalists. How good is that? Solomon Hill has now been on three conference finals teams. I mean, if you want to start putting the pieces together for a winning team, <laughs> just poach Pelicans. Walk up the hill, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought both were fun. I think it's like 
The Ben Simmons thing is beyond my comprehension. Five points. He when he passed up the wide open, you're like, oh, this is like a mental block. This is like remember when Chuck Knobloch used to like throw the ball yeah. in the eighth row? Like this guy, like very has like the most insane amount of skill and is so goddamn terrified of going to the free throw line and or shooting that he like cannot play. Lonzo Ball's got a little bit of that too, or he hates shooting the ball at the he rim. does not want the he pressure on him does not want to go to the free throw line he does not want to try to finish at the rim ben simmons has it like 10 times over because he also won't shoot from deep so instead he's just like this 6 11 insane basketball player who's just missing the most important skill imaginable it's so weird what what is a connection between lonzo and ben simmons were they both one year college players i think Lo- i know yes. ben was i yeah, think yeah. lonzo Lonzo's was one as well year, yeah yeah they weren't the same year. Were no, they? they were not. No, Simmons a year or two older than him. But is this a product of putting guys in the NBA that aren't ready to act like adults, whether or not they look like it and have the athletic ability? Yeah. I pe- think it might be. People have been just murdering Ben Simmons today. It's oh, like, yeah. It was like, yeah, not only does he suck, he doesn't listen to anybody. <laughs> He's not getting any better. And the only people who listen to are in his family who are all a bunch of enablers. It's like, wow, like, are you talking about like Justin Bieber? <laughs> <laughs> ben Simmons, like, oh, the minute you lose, man, people are ruthless going after you. You know who won't have shit to say about Ben Simmons? Whoever the fan base is that he gets traded to. Yeah, then he'll be all that'll be good. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's an all star, man. I like Shaq saying that he was an LSU guy, so he shouldn't put up with It's like he didn't play football at yeah. LSU. <laughs> like he played on a very bad one basketball team at LSU. They barely made it to the NIT. No, they didn't. No, make they had it a losing record. That was it. They yeah. stunk. They got their coach fired. <sighs> Well, the Suns are having a good time, though. Yeah. The Suns and four fighting guy. He's mm-hmm. the new hero of Phoenix. Phoenix is fighting everybody that comes in the stadium, and I'm here for it, bitch. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Fucking fight the other team. I don't think there's never been a fight at a Pelicans game because no one cares. No. No one gives a no. fuck. If there's been a fight at a Pelicans game, it's been over a lucky dog falling I was going to say, like, you know, someone trying to take the last beer yeah. kind of thing. Like. There was no never like never. You don't talk trash about my Pelicans, man. It's like, yeah, yeah what, do, do whatever you want. I don't. Care. How dare you say that about my Ryan Anderson jersey? <laughs> no, there's no passion. Phoenix has passion, <laughs> and they are punching it into people's faces. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the upper deck of this, the terrace in the Superdome is legitimately like just walking into Fight Club. <laughs> it's like, it's like, dude, any minute it's just like a powder keg of tension, just of guys ready to beat the crap out of each other. Like the outside of Tiger Stadium, you're walking around there, you're like, I can't believe they let kids out here, man. Like, this is insane. This feels like I'm in a paintball arena. Yeah, like. there's some guy at a motorcycle in there, <laughs> somebody's twirling a chain. It's like the Foot Clan. <laughs> yeah, dude. It, it, there's some very tense places. The, the NBA arenas are not typically them, but uh, for sure, Phoenix is uh, they're getting their punches in this year. Well, the Phoenix guy beat up two uh, Nuggets fans that appeared to start a fight with him. They did. And after he beat them up, he said, Suns in four. Yeah. And you know what happened? The Suns won in four. And then there was another fight. Game one. Yep. But that one looks a little gnarlier. The Clippers fight was a little sketchier. Yeah. You know. That was not as cheeky and fun. But the Suns and Four guys become a minor celebrity in Phoenix. People are taking photos with him in the stands. <laughs> Is it free tickets? He got Devin Booker sent him a jersey. <laughs> 
Phoenix reprimanded Devin Booker a little bit. Like, we don't really want to yeah. conduct. It's like you do want to conduct because yeah. you're still letting him come to the game. It's like this dude. Some guy threw popcorn at Russell Westbrook. He's still in prison. <laughs> no. Meanwhile, this guy's making two D bags eat uppercuts, <laughs> and he's he's getting he's getting all the love from the hundred million dollar superstar. It's incredible, man. Uh, yeah, congrats to the Suns and Four guy. But yeah, and then uh, what was it? Good to see Drew Holiday win. Yeah, that was nice. He was. God, he was choking. He missed 17 Ooh, shots. Oh, God, he was choking so hard, and then he showed up at the very end. Uh, he, uh, so he had very close defense on KD's last shot. Yeah. KD's giant-sized 90-foot fucked that one for him. Yeah. His giant monster foot was on the line. Yeah. But uh, everybody in New Orleans was happy to see Drew Holiday uh, get a slight victory. And, uh, you know, Chris Paul or Drew win the chip. I think New Orleans will be... A little bit behind either of you. Um, other than that, a bunch of NFL players have been getting arrested. Frank Clark from uh, the Chiefs, big part of the last two Super yeah. Bowls. He got caught with an Uzi. Mm. He says he bought it from Marshawn Lattimore. <laughs> and uh, the Cardinals first-round pick, Zayvon Collins, got arrested for reckless driving. Oh, it's got to be pretty reckless to get arrested for. Also funny to call... <laughs> Crazy, dangerous driving, reckless. Yeah, you think about that. Uh, yeah, I guess it's so. almost wrecked full. It's like <laughs> More NFL news. Carl Nasib, the uh, the jersey is going in the closet, and he is coming out of it. He has come out as the first active gay NFL player, and a lot of people supported him. Saquon Barkley, yeah, uh, Bo Jackson. Uh, a bunch of players who aren't as good as either of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I don't know. Even 10 years ago, I think people would have like, this would have been a big deal. I, not for one second did I was like, wow. Like, all right. I can't believe it. It's yeah, like, it's like, yeah, yeah of course. Sure. Statistically. Yeah. It's like, he's like, <laughs> just because he has sex with dudes doesn't mean he can't play football. Yeah. Like, the, I don't think anybody thinks that anymore. It's like, you know, like they're, they're too. Totally different things. I it's think like, everybody's been beaten up by a gay guy at this point. <laughs> Nobody's holding that. Still. Certainly been verbally <laughs> abused by them. Um, yeah, I just I can't. Uh, I just can't imagine being surprised by this anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that we've come so far as society that there aren't people yeah. who are like uh, upset or being like, "Oh my god, is he like? Are you in the showers with him? Is that a, like nobody?" That, that, that does not seem to even be a thing anymore, which is kind of an amazing sign yeah, of progress. that's a very good thing. Yeah. Uh, it's cool because I think the le- you know the last thing we knew was like Michael Sam, and that was like a seventh-round pick. Oh, yeah, and he like kissed so. his boyfriend, and that was like, you know, yeah. the whole world put their arms Are you watching up. the seventh round of the NFL draft yeah, with your like, children? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> that, like, just like, who cares? Yeah. Uh, that was a that was like yeah. Imagine watching football and thinking that the a man kissing another man is gayer than football. <laughs> <laughs> like, these dudes are fucking shirtless up each other's ass, fucking all over each other. It's like, ooh, they kissed a little. That's gross. Like, Shut a, up. A pro wrestler came out. I was like, really? You're surprised? <laughs> I'm surprised that. All of them. Yeah, happened. I was like the really in shape theatrical guy <laughs> is, uh, you know, is happens to be gay. It's yeah, like the I, marauding chalupa <laughs> is an actor, a uh, man of 
a thespian? Uh, I was like, so let's just put it to rest. Like, yes, anybody can be gay and do literally anything. It's, it is not a thing anymore. So I'm glad we've come so far. I think it was a nice signpost, despite this conversation, which I'm sure will be labeled as very ignorant. No, I think we're being progressive. <laughs> so regardless, uh, congratulations to, uh, to him and, uh, and to the NFL in large. Absolutely. Uh, let's go into segments. Segments. Overrated. Underrated. Overrated and underrated. Exactly what it sounds like. If you have suggestions or want to hear what we think about something, email us, polkandkush at gmail.com. I'm going to kick us off. Overrated. Go. Gin. <laughs> gin. Gin. As a the, summer drink. Like the gin. Oh, like the drink gin. Yes. I thought you were saying with the gin blossoms. No, they dare. are perfectly rated. Don't you dare. <laughs> they are absolutely don't rated you. correctly. God damn dare. I don't like gin okay. as a summer drink in cocktails. Mm-hmm. It gets thrown in a lot with lemon, shandy, all this shit. Yeah. Gin tastes like Christmas. It's a Christmas drink. It tastes like a Christmas tree. Interesting. I have a thing with gin. My like body just like. Like, you know, I, I can't handle it. Like, my neck starts to tense up. People are putting it in, like, mugs and shit and doing all sorts of... They're putting fern in it. Yeah. Berries. All this stuff. Just gin bucket. That's the only thing you can use it's for gin. Too, it's too gross. You can't have gin when it's hotter than 79 degrees outside. It is medicinal. You it's know, like how so bad. Like the the dumb like college guy fact is always like, you know, Jägermeister is actually a cough syrup. Oh god, gin has to be only used for wound cleaning in other countries. <laughs> it's disgusting. I used to drink it. Did you do like gin rocks? I did uh, gin and tonic. Gin and tonic. That was big. Yeah. Because I wanted a pound of sugar. <laughs> I used to get a gin and tonic. It would come in a giant styrofoam cup. Uh Uh-huh. And then it would just be filled with ice. Yep. And then gin and then just soupy tonic. Uh Uh-huh. And then so you're like sugar high, blackout drunk, and you wake up the next day just like looking like a raisin. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just in the fetal position. It looks like I saw the Ark of the Covenant whenever (laughs) I'd wake up after having a single gin and tonic. Which is actually four gin and tonics. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were putting it in a racetrack foam cup. <laughs> With the NASCAR people on the outside of it. Uh, yeah, man. So gin, I didn't realize gin had caught on to be that kind of thing. I feel like you never see a gin bar, a gin distiller. Like I feel like there's a lot of other, you know, uh, vodka, I feel like, yeah. is very uh, versatile now. Absolutely. And they just don't see, obviously, you know, wine, beer, those kinds of things, but... Yeah, gin feels like even rum. I feel like is like slightly above gin now. Rum is rum is gross also because people try and they try and gussy rum up. Yeah, I had vanilla vanilla rum. It's like just Ugh. just eat cake frosting and drink a Bud Light <laughs> at the same time. It's disgusting. <laughs> I think I've just been very hot temperature wise. Yeah, I've gone. I'm like everything that isn't an ice cold. Budweiser. Yes, exactly. Disgusting. I was like, I want a, a metal bucket with filled with ice and glass beers. <laughs> yes, that's all I want. All right. Uh, my overrated. Uh, the New York City mayor election I, gets tons of coverage. 
news programs, uh, periodicals, Twitter. It's all about the New York mayoral election. No one gives a shit about the New York mayor election unless you live in New York Mm -hmm. or right next to New York. No one cares. Everyone in the country knows who the mayor of New York is. No one knows who the mayor is of literally any other city. Half people don't know who the mayor is of their city. Do you know who the mayor of Los Angeles is? Uh, I don't. They're the second biggest city. Gavin Newsom? (laughs) No, he's the governor of California. (laughs) But like... The mayoral election of, I know everything about this thing. I know it's ranked choice. I can name like four candidates. It's ridiculous. I shouldn't know anything about this. This has zero effect on my life. And they're like, oh, this is a good uh, test for what the future of the Democratic Party looks like. I'm like, no, it doesn't. This has nothing to do with anybody else. These are people in New York. They couldn't be more isolated from the rest of the world if they tried. The city of New York is the antithesis of the rest of America. They have nothing to do with it. They make they set the culture for like a, a you know the highest level of the culture, sure, but they have no ability to, to predict what's going to happen in the freaking Iowa caucus in three <laughs> years. They're completely different people. So stop telling me they're like, oh, nobody can ruin the Democratic Party like New York politics. Like no one gives a shit. This has no effect on anything. These people. It's because all of the media is in one place. Like a snowstorm in New York is national news. Like it's not. It's not news. Like if it's a snowstorm anywhere else, you wouldn't care. But a snowstorm in New York is the front of the Today Show. It's like I get it. There's a lot of people who live there, and I get that your news broadcast comes from there, but it doesn't mean that we give a shit. And then they won't cover Lake Charles getting hit by storms. They won't cover... People in Slidell dying from a tropical depression. They well, won't a, cover anything in Mississippi. Yeah. Well, there's a power outage in New York City. It's like the front of every like nightly news. You're like, and, and nobody watches any of these things anymore. No. So I guess it doesn't matter. But it's like the fact that you couldn't get on the train to go home sucks. I don't care. <laughs> it does not affect <laughs> me. This, like, it's like it, it, save weather reports and things like that for giant hurricanes. Like what happened in Texas last year. They didn't have power for a week and a half because of like a giant problem. Otherwise, New York City politics. No one cares about you. I hope I don't know who the mayor is. I'm certain I will know. I feel like mayors are. Isn't Andrew Cuomo the mayor of New York City? He's the governor. Fuck. Bill de Blasio. Oh, yeah. And before that, it was uh, Bloomberg. Eric Garcetti is the mayor of Los Angeles. Still? I think. Yeah. And then uh, in Chicago, you've got Gordon Lightfoot. (laughs) (laughs) She's she's one of the weirdest looking people I've ever seen. Dude. All right. She looks straight out of a movie. It's so strange. What you got for underrated? Underrated garbage Chinese food. Like food that tastes bad? I'm talking about the shitty hole in the wall, no sign. Seats, when you sit down, they cut you because all the <laughs> the vinyl is broken and old. They hate that you're there. Mm-hmm. And then they have the greatest beef and broccoli in the world. Sweet and sour pork. Yeah? Do those places exist? Yeah, they do. And they're all around us. And I'll tell you, I specifically, I went to a chicken wing place 
Oh, I've been there. I used to live right there. Well, they were fucking closed. They're like everything's closed now. Whenever you go to it, they were supposed to be open. They were closed. There was a guy there. I was like, "Hey, are you open?" He's like, "No, go away." And I see a filthy, horrible Chinese restaurant next door. I go in. I'm king. That place is great because it has a picture of the Tennessee Titans Stadium for no reason. Indeed, it does. And <laughs> the Giant Stadium next to it. For no reason. For no reason at all. I wandered around in there while they made my food. So I saw they're all like horribly faded by the sun. I'm sure it's a drug front. But I, they treated me like God, and they made my food while I stood there. Yeah. It was $2. <laughs> so cheap. They gave me a dump truck of it. And I was like, you know what? I was wrong to try and be a patron at a New Orleans restaurant that claimed to be open and indeed use part of our city's name and their name. I should have just gone to the nameless Chinese hole that accepts food stamps and Bitcoin and shake and bake coupons. <laughs> I was wrong to have doubted this place. And now I'm going to go there all the time. The yeah. Hot Walk in Metairie, another shithole Chinese restaurant. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Should I be naming all these places? Yeah, what's the, there's me? one on Carrollton by the interstate entrance. Yeah. That has, and it's like the most popular place. In the, I've never been there, but there's, you cannot go there anytime between six and 10 o'clock at night where there's not a hundred people in line. And like, no one's ever heard of this restaurant. No one's ever been here. And there's a line out of the parking lot and it's packed all the time. Yeah. There's not enough talk. There's not enough talk about dirty Chinese food in the yeah. city. I want to get to the bottom. We're going to do a live show in there and find out why they have a picture of the Tennessee Titans stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Apropos of nothing. Let's do it. All right. Uh, so that'll take me to my underrated summer camp. Tis the season for summer camp. Uh, I think we all kind of treat summer camp as just like, you know, what you do in the season. But the fact is, is summer camp is probably the greatest invention that's ever been put together because it's awesome for the kids because there's no pressure. They get to go have fun all day. The only objective of summer camp is have fun. You're not expected to learn anything. Just go and your parents spend a bunch of money and enjoy themselves. The parents love it. There's no school. We got to have something for the kid to do. The kid's happy. We send him out the door. There's no homework. There's no bullshit. There's no anything. Summer camp, the best. The counselors, these are like high school kids. They're making a whole bunch of money. The parents are happy to pay for it. Everybody's, this is, a, this is an ultimate win-win-win. No one loses in summer camp. School, the kids hate it. The teachers kind of hate it. The parents kind of hate it. Summer camp, everyone loves it. It's the greatest thing in the world. It's like, Charge me three times more. I don't care. I'll do it. It's uh, it's the best. Everyone has great memories of summer camp. And I just think uh, we don't talk about it enough as a society how perfect it is of a thing. And that's why you can't do year-round school because you can't kill summer camp. It's the best. I want to quote some things you just said back to you. Everyone <laughs> loves it. Yeah. Everyone has great memories of it. Yeah. This is your underrated. <laughs> It's still not spoken about as being a thing that is important. What, the, what are you talking about? Have it's you not seen heavyweights? <laughs> yes. Yes. The one movie that was made about 30 years ago. Adam's or Family it was like a values. disaster. Yeah. Adam's Family Values. Yeah. They, also, they always treat summer camp like it's some kind of nightmare. Summer camp is the best. Camp nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, is there a movie that's like a positive summer? What's the uh, Wet Hot American Summer? That's the only one where it's like. Summer camp's cool. 
All the rest of them are like about summer camp. Yeah, but they're all cool. nightmares. <laughs> but then they make them cool. Yeah, that's and what I'm saying. And they've made memories along the way. Of course. Ultimately, it's and a none of the, good story. And none of those are about where I can send my three-year-olds. <laughs> I just I like an, an underrated that's always just at some place I can send my kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you want to take my money and watch my kids? Deal. Perfect. Deal. Uh, that'll take us into my favorite part of every single week on this here program, ladies and gentlemen. Who The worst. The worst is the worst thing I saw or read this week. Send them in to us. Follow us on Twitter. DM them to us. Polk and Kush on Twitter. I'll kick us off. WSBTV in Atlanta. Dear God. Axe wielding. Good start. <laughs> Axe wielding, partially naked. Better. Woman. Oh, give it to me. Arrested. Yes. In Tennessee. Hey. Walmart. Oh man, that's oh, it's a yes. bingo. Axe wielding, partially naked woman arrested in Tennessee Walmart for being too cool. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> I totally believe this that. woman's younger than me. I'm not going to say her name because of legal issues. Sure. Melinda Kushner. <laughs> 35 was arrested Tuesday. Mackenzie Scott Bezos. <laughs> Charged with disorderly conduct, resisting arrest and vandalism up to a thousand dollars. Vandalism. When you hear it, you think, oh, somebody was spray painting something. Sure. You know what vandalism also is? Shitting on yourself. Oh, goodness. That's illegal? They left this out of the headline. She was observed, observed, like people are bird watching. (laughs) (laughs) We got a rare one in the wild. Brown was observed vandalizing property by defecating on herself and throwing items at employees in a Knoxville Walmart. When police arrived, they saw Brown in the sporting goods section. If you're going to be throwing stuff, sporting goods is the place to be. I hope she had baseballs. Is Brown the name of the person, or yeah. they're throwing Brown stuff? <laughs> oh, shit. I said I wasn't going to say it. She uh, had an axe she had taken out of its packaging. She didn't go. She didn't take the axe to Walmart. This is Walmart's fault. Yeah. You got axes out on the aisle. <laughs> what do you think's going to happen? Brown also had a knife tucked into her bra. Okay. Is she partially naked, or is she wearing a bra? Good this point. is fake news. Good point. This is why I don't trust the liberal media. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be her lawyer. Last week, we talked about the lawyer that was like, he was crazy when he hijacked the cop. Yeah. I'm going to be like, which one is it? Yeah. Hey, I'm just a small town southern (laughs) lawyer. And I think when you're wearing a bra, you're not partially naked. Yeah, you're fully clothed. It's like a bathing suit. I don't know. I don't know which base y'all have been to. But I've rounded them, and I never thought a base had a bra on it. Officers told Does that Brown mean she to... was bottomless, defecating on the floor. Oof. <laughs> Officers told Brown to drop the axe, but she refused. Of course, she's no coward. After two attempts of using a stun gun, police were able to apprehend Brown. The television station reported. So, good lord! You know, lesson learned. I wonder if I've been to that Walmart. Let her go. It was Let in Knoxville? Let her go. It was in Knoxville. Woo! 
Tough year for the Vols. There might be a few. Baseball school, axe-wielding school. Yeah. Oh, my. That's awesome. Yeah. She's cool. I didn't know defecating your pants was vandalism. I, I'm sure it was getting all over the floor. Somebody had to clean it up. I, I, I'm, Again, ar- I'm around a person who defecates their pants a lot. <laughs> He's three, yeah? but still, okay. it happens. And uh, I just don't want to get fined for that. <laughs> he can't afford to pay it. Uh, I like yeah. to imagine your your child shitting his pants, giving a Marshawn Lynch response. <laughs> hey, I just don't want to get fined. That's yeah. why I'm using the diaper. Like, I, 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 you, there's a way you can do this better. <laughs> like, you know what I want, which is to not be dealing with this. Um, all right, that'll take me to mine and uh, headed to my very favorite target. There's just a target that I love even more than Latoya. Power to two drainage pumps tripped off during Monday's rainstorms. In case you weren't in town, it rained on Monday. And guess what? When it rains, it also means it floods because the sewage and water board, which you all pay, I don't know, $750 a month for, has the shittiest equipment in the history of time that it's had for 150 years. So anyway, the NOSWB, the New Orleans Sewage and Water Board revealed that the electrical feeder lines leading to the two major drainage pumps in the city just went offline during the heavy rains. The downpour caused widespread street flooding. Uh, the pumps were quickly brought back online. So if you were driving around at five o'clock mm-hmm. like I was on uh, Monday and you were like, wow, I don't understand why all of this water is just sitting in the middle of the street, not going anywhere. When we have this pumping station, it's supposed to be able to take, you know, a couple inches at a time. Uh, what the fuck's going on? It's like, oh, yeah, you know, like uh, when we need it, it lost power because they still don't have an energy source, an energy source for the pumps. This is categorically insane that this is still going on. Yes, they have zero way to fix this. The newest thing is that they're actually going to start buying their power from Entergy. Mm-hmm. The, does that make anyone feel better? And it's not going to be for like three more years. It's not really the power. It's more of the equipment, I think, is the <laughs> yeah, issue. It's everything. Yeah. It, it is was, unbelievable. It was. Uh, I, I took a pretty crazy photo. I was leaving the French Quarter, and it the, the sidewalk was flooded. Yeah. Up to, I mean, it was probably like nine or ten inches of water. It only rained like four inches. Yeah, it was ridiculous how the uh, the pumps don't do anything. We are paying a gazillion dollars mm-hmm. for a pump that doesn't work. It never works. We'd literally be better off just putting a bunch of cups in the ground <laughs> and be like, "Here's some catch basins." The rain will fall into there. The The last time somebody came to read my meter from the sewage and water board, they were wielding an axe and they were partially naked. <laughs> they defecated right on my front door. I could. The water was so high, I couldn't even see it. Uh, uh, the executive director, this guy who just at some point is just going to jump off a bridge like this guy. What's the worst job in America? Gosson Corbin claims it was six inches of rain, which it wasn't in a short period of time. Not the power outages that caught us the street flooding. Uh, we had a high intensity of rain and with reliable power or not, some areas were going to be inundated with water. And that's exactly what you saw. It was localized. You are 
a clown, sir. A clown. You're set up there to stand in front of people and say, we suck, I suck, you need somebody to blame, I'm the guy. You pay me $150,000 a year, I'm going to stand in front of this microphone, you're going to call me an asshole, and that's what I've chosen to be my lot in life. Tell me his name again. Gossen Corbin. Gossen Corbin, new coach of the New Orleans <laughs> Pelicans. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, Stand up there and take the heat, <laughs> Gossin. What are you named after? Tape? What the fuck? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so the uh, city then committed uh, $20 million, which I'm sure that definitely will stay under budget, uh, $20 million toward a new energy substation at the board's main plant. And that substation is expected to be built before the start of the 2023 hurricane season. So enjoy the next two hurricane seasons, everybody, because you have no pumps. It doesn't exist. No pumps. And you have no power to the pumps. Even if they do work, you wouldn't know because they immediately lose power. No power. This place is a real dump, man. Can you believe we deal with this crap? Every time it rains, like, go to the neutral ground, and we don't have pumps. They don't have any power. But, hey, but your water bill is going up $60 a month. You know, at least it's dangerous and expensive. <laughs> We love you, New Orleans. We truly do. Yeah. Go to Melba's. <laughs> um, all right, everyone. This show is sponsored by Ale on Oak, as well as Jansen Patagna, Realtor to the Stars. Thank you, everyone, so, so, so very much for listening. We deeply appreciate each and every one of you. Like, rate, subscribe if you haven't rated this show yet. And we know you haven't. We had record listeners last week, and it wasn't anywhere freaking close to the amount of people that have rated this show. Drop the five stars, give us some love, and tell all of your friends to listen to Polk and Kush. As always, follow us on Twitter, Polk and Kush. Email polkandkush at gmail.com. And please, for the love of God, we love you all. Talk to you soon. See ya!